This week's parsha is parshas mishpatim. Mishpatim literally means the laws. The laws, the halachas. Last week's parsha we got the Torah, parshas Yisrael. And this week's parsha we learn. We learn the laws. There's tremendous amount of halacha um, that comes from this week's parsha, especially the halachas of um, Nezikin, you know, the Masechtas Baba Kama, Baba Masiyah, Baba Basra, very much based on many of the teachings of this week's parsha. Um, in fact, Moshe Rabbeinu teaches the Jewish people these laws. It's after the giving of Torah. It's really after Yom Kippur. Right? We've discussed in the past yeah. the giving of Torah is Shavuos, but from Shavuos until Yom Kippur, Moshe Rabbeinu is basically up in heaven three times, 40 days each time. Comes uh, four months. And now he's teaching the laws of the Torah. The passage begins, mishpatim. These are the laws that you shall place before them. Now, there's a number of teachings on these words of ve'ela mishpatim asher tasim lefneim, these are the laws you shall place before them, and I want to discuss a couple of them and see a very a beautiful and powerful underlying message. So Rashi himself brings a number of these. Uh, some of them are Gemara, some of them are Midrashim. Rashi brings them together. He says ve'ela mishpatim. The first teaching he says is kol makim shenemar ela pasal esarishonim ve'ela moisif al harishonim. And that's a very close look at the word. The word Ela, which would mean these, if it would say Ela, it would mean like a new start. Pasal means it's a new thing. Don't look it back. It's a new union, new concept. So if it says Ela, it says we're starting anew. When it says Ve'ela with a Vav, Moisif is a continuation of that which was discussed before that. So what does that mean here when it says Ve'ela? So Rashi says, Mahari Shoinim Misinai Af Elo Misinai. That just like the the, the uh, previous parsha was all the story of Har Sinai and the things that Hashem said by Har Sinai. So these two, these laws as well, were said by Har Sinai. Now, on a Pshat level, what's Rashi trying to tell us? I mean, obviously they were said by Har Sinai. Why else? This is a continuation of the Torah. Right. But on a Pshat level, because there were things that Hashem taught before Har Sinai. Right? We know in Mara, when the Jewish people were in Mara before Asina, there the Pasuk said, there Hashem told them a number of Mishpatim. And here Rashi saying, no, that these mitzvahs, these laws that are being told here, were said and are a continuation of what was said by Harsina. So that's the first point, that uh, Rashi zooms into the very first letter, Ve'ela, and he tells us that, that that Vav is coming to tell us that the ideas of this Parsha are, were given to Moshe Rabbeinu, were taught by Harsina. That's number one. Rashi moves on, and he says, Why is it that these laws say right after the laws of building the Mizbeach? At the very end of Parshas Yisrael, we learned about building a Mizbeach. To teach us, right, These laws of this, of this week's Parshas are all going to be the laws of the Bezdin. The Bezdin, the Jewish court, which was headed by the great Jewish court, which is called the Sanhedrin. So Rashi says that we have here this concept that near the Mizbeach, the altar, which was the center point of the Avoidah, of the Mishkan, and later the Beis HaMikdash, the first Beis HaMikdash, the second Beis HaMikdash, near the altar you have to have the Sanhedrin, and indeed, the primary Sanhedrin of the Jewish people was in a room that was in was the Beis HaMikdash. It was pretty, it was a close proximity. It was called the Lishkas Hagazis, literally mean that, that means the room made out of hewn stone. And that was the room where the Sanhedrin Hagdola, which was the high court of the Jewish people, um, they, um, that's where they did their, that's where they, uh, they held their court. 
and that was next to the Mizbech. So that's learned from this Parsha as well, that this high court is near the Mizbech. That's on a Pshat level what these two Rashis are telling us. Now, now there is a deeper idea behind these two teachings of Rashi. And that is a very important idea. When we talk about Mishpatim, we say it's laws, but it's a specific type of laws. We know that the mitzvahs of the Torah are divided into different categories. There are the chukim. The chukim are those mitzvahs that have no logic. Hashem says, just do them. Like, um, like kashros or shatnes or paraduma. Um, right? Things that don't have any real reason that Hashem gives us. Hashem says, just listen and do them. That's the chukim. Then we have the edos. The edos are, they're typically translated as the testimonials. They're there to remember something, like Shabbos. Shabbos, we rest on the seventh day to, uh, re- uh, to uh, commemorate that Hashem rested on the seventh day of creation. The Yom Tovim are primarily testimonials. So these, although we may not have thought of them on our own, but they make sense. They're there to, as a testament for something that happened. But then you have the Mishpatim, which is the name of this week's parsha. Mishpatim means the logical rules of the Torah. Right? Every social, uh, every society has to, have, has to have a moral fabric, has to have laws, basic, uh, you know, monetary laws, and about stealing, and about, uh, uh, you know, monetary dealings between people, and that's the mishpatim of Torah. The Torah has a large section of mishpatim, which is the legals of, of the Torah, and this week's parsha is devoted to that. All the ideas of damages and payments and theft, all that is discussed in this week's parsha. These are the logical, if you will, the logical, moral imperatives, mitzvahs of the Torah. Now, one might think that the holiness of Torah is primarily in which type of mitzvahs? The kedusha of Torah, the holiness, one might think, is in doing those things that we do just because Hashem said so. Chukim. You know, Shabbos, you know, the chukim, edos. Those things, the religious side of the Torah. The religious side of the Torah is where we sense clearly the holiness, the Kedusha of the Torah. When you're learning the laws of theft and the laws of um, damages and the laws of guardians and all these things, so, you know, every, every society has that. Every community has that. Everyone has that. They're not religious. If they're not religious, one might think that perhaps the Kedusha, the holiness of the Torah, is not as expressed, not as powerful in the Mishpatim of the Torah. And if you think about it, these two teachings of Rashi talk directly to that. Because what does Rashi say? He says, no, the, the, the first vav is to tell us this too comes from Har Sinai. Har Sinai represents that it's Hashem giving us the Torah. Har Sinai represents that it was a miraculous revelation of Hashem coming to this world. And Hashem says, I'm giving you this Torah in order to connect to me. So the first Rashi says, you should know that these two, in other words, the Mishpatim as well, those things that we do that would seem to be just the, the legal aspect, the moral aspect of the Torah, they too are as much part of Har Sinai and as much part of, as, uh, part of connecting to Hashem as the mitzvahs that are clearly divine and spiritual in nature. When a person is honest, when a person doesn't cheat, when a person follows the legal sides of the Torah, that connects a person to Hashem, just like the mitzvah of Shabbos or Kashrus or all those, all those mitzvahs. And that's also the depth of the second teaching of Rashi, that the Sanhedrin has to be near the Mizbeach. It's the same idea. The Sanhedrin is the high court. They, they uphold the legal system. So every country has a high court. Every community has a high court. But our high court has to be by the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach represents Avedas Hashem. The Mizbeach represents sacrifice to Hashem. And the, the, uh, the ability 
to be the court of the Jewish people, even in the legal areas, comes from their connection, because their holiness, their spirituality, their connection to the Besamikdash and to the Mizbeach itself. These two ideas express themselves further in, let's skip one paragraph for a moment, to the, uh, the paragraph that begins with the word Lifnehem. Right, the final word of that pasuk is that these are the, law, the laws that you shall place before them, says Rashi. And again from the Gemara, he says, We have a special mitzvah, that if we have a legal dispute, we have to go to a Beisdin, specifically a Beisdin, and not a non-Jewish court. Even if you know that in certain areas of law, they, they, have the, they do the same thing. They have the same rules when it comes to dealing with uh, property uh, taxes or values or whatever it is. Uh, nevertheless, do not bring it to their courthouses. One who brings their own, their own um, court cases before non-Jews. That is a desecration of Hashem's name. This attributes significance to idolatry. As the Pasuk says, that our creator is not like theirs, and our, um, so there's different ways to, to teach and to read that, but the way Rashi reads it here, the Drasha is, when our enemies, they become our judges, this becomes a testimony and for the greatness of their deities, of Why? their gods. So here we have the same idea. Why see, though? Oh, so, I so don't that's, see that connection at all. In the words? Their enemies become our judges, right? Because when their enemy, when our enemy becomes their judges, their avodah is uh, there's an aliyah for their right. gods. I don't get that. What's he, the connection? Because it goes before that. Before that, it says right. Our God is not like their God. Right. When we allow them to be our judges, we are equating their God with our God. Why? That's what I'm asking. Why? Yeah. Why is that? You say why your house learned from the pasuk? I don't get it. And the I logic or the pasuk? I don't get the logic. Okay, so the lo give me a second. The logic. First, the pasuk. Rashi is saying this drasha that the connection that to the differentiation of our god and their god is when we stick with our halachas by our Torah, and when we don't, when we go to their courthouses, then we're attributing significance to their god. The question is, why is that such a problem? And that goes back to what Rashi taught in the beginning, because we understand that even our dinim, even our laws, even our legal part of the Torah, is also connected to Hashem. So therefore, even if one will say, well, in legal areas, I can go to another court. What's the difference? They, they also do legal stuff. They also do monetary stuff. But our money, monetary stuff and our halachis, even the monetary halachis, even the mishpatim, are directly connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, when we say, nah, I'm, I'm religious when it comes to Torah mitzvahs, when it comes to legal stuff, I'll go to the goyim. Here we're saying that they too have a power in, in ruling the way that a yid lives. And a yid's life, even their their mishpatim part of their life, even their, the, the laws, the, the monetary laws, is also connected to the kedusha of Yid and HaKadosh Baruch. That's how that uh, final teaching of Rashi connects to the earlier two. But let's go back one paragraph to the earlier Rashi. Another teaching Rashi says, all on these four words, so all on these, this opening of Elam Mishpatim, we have all these Rashis. Asher tasim lefnehem, another pshat. And again, this is from Megamar and Erevin, that the, the halachas you should place before them. Hashem said to Moshe, Don't think to say, Ashan Elohim Haperik Vahalacha Bez Aigimel Pa'amit. 
Moshe is the ultimate teacher of the Jewish people. So Hashem says, don't think, eh, you know, I'll tell it to them two or three times. To the point that they can repeat it back. I'll teach it to them once, twice, three times till they know it. But I'm not going to be matriach myself. How do you say matriach? Trouble. I'm not going to uh, trouble. trouble myself, right? Thank you. To explain it and explain it that they should understand it well. I'll teach them, I'll tell it to them. I'll give them the Dvar Torah and that's it. They'll know it, right? But to work on making sure everyone understands. That's why he says, they, that place it before them, like a set table. I want you to make the Torah that you teach clear and understandable to the people. And that's another idea in Asher Tosim Lifnehem. Make it something that's very, very um, acceptable to them, something they can understand, that they can appreciate, like a set table. That's something that a person can easily understand and fully take it. And of course, the, the whole concept of the Shulchan Aruch is really a playoff of this concept. Right. We call the Shulchan Aruch a set table. In fact, Rabbi Yosef Cairo wrote the Shulchan Aruch, and you have then, within the Shulchan Aruch, you have the comments of the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Israelis, who added his comments because Rabbi Yosef Cairo was more for Sephardic Jewry, and he was in Israel, and uh, the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Israelis, was the rabbi of, uh, of Krakow, and, and he dealt more with Ashkenazic Jewry, so he had his comments, so he put them into the Shulchan Aruch. What did he call his commentary? The mappa, the tablecloth. Oh, right. That's that a lot of people oh. will know that that he called his commentary the tablecloth. Uh -huh. The shulchan aruch is the set table, and he said, yeah, okay, but mappa. but the set table needs a tablecloth too, yeah. right? But it's all a playoff from this Rashi, which is oh, based on the good. Gemara, that said, Ashutasim lefnei and Torah should not just be you know given over, but it should be made very very understandable and accessible, and that's learned from the words Ashutasim lefneihem. How does that fit into what we've been learning here, right? All of the Rashi's that we've been learning so far are there to tell us that the Kedusha of Torah, the holiness of Torah. Yeah. That it's not just, you know, a legal system, it's not just a, like the secular courthouse. It's some, every part of Torah is holy. One might think, if Torah is so holy, so it's not important to understand it. Just, you know, tell me what to do and I'll do it. I, you know, Kabbalah soil. I accept it because Hashem said, so that's it. I'm learning a Gemara, I'm learning a the Shulchan Aruch, or I'm learning a Allah, whatever it is. So why is it so important that I should understand it? Hashem said it, I believe it, I trust it, I'll follow it. Why is it important to understand? So that's why you have this Rashi as well. Even though on the one hand it's true that the words of Torah are holy and we accept the Torah because of the holiness of the Torah and even the legal aspects, even the Mishpatim are also holy. At the same time, Hashem wants us to understand it well. Hashem wants us to use our mind and that the words of Torah should penetrate and we should understand it and appreciate it and enjoy it. So there's two sides over here and they're both true. On the one hand we have, we understand and we know and we accept that every part of Torah is the Kedusha of Torah, the holiness of Torah that we accept in that way. At the same time, Hashem wants us to understand it. And when we understand something, we appreciate it that much more. We appreciate it that much more. In fact, an idea that I've, that I've shared here in the past, and I remember hearing it from the Rebbe many, many years ago, 35 to be exact, 35 years ago this week. And the Rebbe said that, he said that, last week's Parsha was Parsha's Yisro. That's the, the, uh, the Parsha we received the Torah. Which number Parsha of the Torah is Yisro? Now, you don't have to count it out now, but if you count it out, you'll find that Yisro is number 17, right? This week is Mishpatim. You know which one, which name of this week is? 18. 
Okay. Good. 17 and 18. What do 17 and 18 35. symbolize in, in Jewish um, tradition? 17, 17 is 17. tov. Oh. The word good, tov, is gematria 17. 18 is chai, which is life. He said the following. Last week, we received the Torah. The Torah is good, the ultimate goodness. Ain't tov ala Torah. The ultimate goodness is the Torah. And that's why the giving of Torah is in Parsha 17, which is good. But it's the mishpatim, the idea to learn it and understand it, that helps us, gives us a chayus in learning Torah, gives us a life, an appreciation to it, because we can learn it and understand it. We don't just accept, because Hashem said, Hashem's, it's true Hashem said, and it's true it's holy, at the same time Hashem wants us to understand it and to learn it, and to be able to appreciate it, that gives us an added chayus, life and enthusiasm in Torah. In fact, it's interesting, when we talk about the reasons for mitzvahs, what are the reasons for mitzvahs always called? Food. Taste. Yeah, I know, but the reason is always the tam. The tam mitzvah. Which is food. Which but, is re but really, in Hebrew, the reason, what's the word for a reason? Tam. No. Re what's the word? Seba? What's the Hebrew word in, in Hebrew for a reason? Is a seba. Oh, seba. Seba. is a cause. Reason. But we don't say the reasons of mitzvahs, we don't call them sibos, we call them timing. Why? Because the concept is to give us an enthusiasm, a taste, a flavor in the mitzvahs, to be able to have more of a chayis, to, to enjoy them and, and be more alive with them. That's why we learn and we try to understand them. So all of this is behind these rashis over here. Again, the, the two messages. On the one hand, to remember that every aspect of the Torah, even the things that we understand that make sense, that are the, the legal sides, the moral sides, is all part of the kedusha of Torah the holiness connecting us to Hashem we receive it from our Sinai the Sanhedrin near the Mizbeach at the same time we're told that we're meant to learn it and understand it and understand it well like something that we can eat and appreciate and to bring true appreciation and enjoyment in the Torah that we do okay but we're not finished let's look at let's see another shot in these words and this is from the Talmud Yerushalmi the Jerusalem Talmud Mesech David when you're teaching the disciples and they're yet small or young, but young doesn't necessarily mean an age. Sometimes a person can be uh, older in age, but young as far as knowledge and Torah. So he says, when you're teaching the, the students and they're still at a low level, at a lesser level, hide from them the depth of Torah because they're not able to handle it. Right? When you teach someone, you have to teach appropriate. So if you're teaching someone who's not a level, you can't give them the ultimate secrets of the Torah. As they grow older, I think I don't know the exact translation of Atudim. I think that's the like goats? older goats. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. They're already more developed. So then, Then give them the secrets of the Torah. Don't just give them the, uh, you know, the uh, peripheral. Give them the secrets. Give them the depth. Then the Gemara says, and this is again, Talmud Yerushalmi, Vidam Misaye, this helps, this supports. This is Shimon Bar Yochai says. Based on this week's parsha. Shimon Bar Yochai zoomed into the word Tosim. Now, of course, the simple shot of Tosim is to place, to place before them. He said, The word Tosima is something that's hidden, a treasure. The treasures. He says, just like this treasure. Is nobody, it doesn't, not everybody sees the treasures. The greatest treasures are stored away in the palaces and they're hidden in the treasure chests, right? Kach Eilacha Rishus Lishakeya Es Atzmachavid Vertaira. 
In order to fully give the full depth, the full depth of the Torah, the person has to be up to that level to be able to receive the depth of the Torah. But what do we see here from Hashem Bar Yechai in this Yerushalmi? That the word Tosim, he said, is the treasures of Torah. In addition to the simple pshat, that is, to place before a person, but to recognize that in every Indian and Torah there's treasures, there's secrets, there's beneath the surface, there's the sod. Um, we've um, I've many times mentioned here the words of the Ramban, who said, Divrei HaTorah midaberes bitachtonim viromezes be'elyonim. The Ramban says every word of Torah talks very physical, very plain, very, you know, looks like regular stuff. But if you learn deeper and you learn the sodos, the secrets of the Torah, the treasures of the Torah, we're able to find deeper and deeper insights into every aspect of Torah. It's just depending on where the person is holding, that's, much, that's how much is revealed. But a person ultimately is able to go deeper and go deeper and to reveal within themselves those inner secrets and treasures that there is in every part of Torah. Finally, one last point from the Sefer Torah Or, which is written by the Balatanya, and he writes, Lifnehem, the word of this Pasuk, Ve'ela Mishpatim, these are the laws, Ashertasim Lifnehem, so literally, loosely we translate Lifnehem as before them. But he says the word Lifnehem is really connected with the word Lipnimiyusam, to their most, to their internal selves. In other words, that the words of Torah should very deeply and internally affect us. These are the secrets of Hashem. They have the ability to awaken us internally, affect us internally, help us internally, because they're so powerful, the words of Torah. The Gemara says, the Gemara says that if a person, if the, um, if a person feels that the Yitzhahara is really uh, grabbing hold of them, what does the Gemara say? Mashcheyu lebeis ha-medrash. Slap them to the shul and learn Torah. Right? Right? Im Evan who nimuach if he's a stone he'll be uh, he'll, melt, he'll melt right whatever it is Torah has the power to internally awaken the neshama of a person and give the person the kayach over whatever struggle they're going through or a different chazal says that barasi um, yitzhara I created yitzhara ubarasi Torah loytavlin and I created Torah which is like a spice. That can help, and the, the Torah itself can be quite bitter. But using the Torah, we're able to actually transform that and bring out the sweetness that's within it. So Torah is very, very powerful when learned correctly and learned with the understanding that this is from Hashem, and this is the most powerful gift that Hashem gives to us. So all of these ideas are all alluded to in those five words that Moshe Rabbeinu began teaching the Torah to the Jewish people with. The Eila Mishpatim Ashatasim Quick review: We learned. The idea that every part of Torah is from Har Sinai, even those that seem just, you know, the legal aspects. We learned that the Sanhedrin has to be near the Mizbeach, to remember always that everything comes from the Kedusha of the Torah, and that's the way that they're able to judge the Jewish people. And therefore, we don't go to non-Jewish courts to hear legal uh, renderings, even if they might be right, but it's without the Kedusha of the Torah. On the other hand, we learn we have to try to understand it, and understand it well, like that Shulchan Aruch. Even if it's, it's from Hashem and it's holy, but we're meant to understand it in order to appreciate it. We learn from the Talmud Yerushalayim, me that we have the secrets in the Torah. Tosim is the secrets that there is behind every idea in the Torah. And that's from the Alter Rebbe, how those ideas are meant to be taken internally into ourselves and help us in our own avoid and help us reveal our deepest connections to Hashem. Well, we have another two minutes, so one last idea. The next Pasuk, right after it says, these are the laws, and again we're going to learn a parsha full of laws, but what's the very first law that the Torah chooses to start with? 
Very strange. The laws of Kisikne Eved Ivri, if you, if you acquire a uh, Jewish uh, servant, six years he shall serve, in the seventh year, you shall send him out to freedom. Now, obviously, that's a strange mitzvah to start with. I mean, of all the mitzvahs of Hashem, that if you're going to buy a Jewish servant, you know, who wants to buy a Jewish servant? Why should a person be sold into servitude? And especially if you think about the concept, typically, why is a person being sold into servitude? Either because he's destitute, so he's selling himself, or because he stole, right? He was a thief. Now, we're talking to Jewish people. They just came out of Egypt. These people are all wealthy. They just had the whole biza sayam. They have everything. There's no reason for anyone to be destitute. There's no reason to be a thief. So the concept of the whole servitude would be very, very strange and unusual. And from all the mitzvahs, why does it begin with this? And of course, there's numerous explanations given. Ramban talks about it, Kleyokra talk about it, Rabbi Nebuchai. And they say, well, this is connected with the concept of leaving Egypt. This is like leaving servitude. It says, if you have a servant, after seven years, let him go. So that's connected to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. It's also connected to Shabbos, because it's the seventh year you leave him go. So they, there's many allusions here. Hasidah says that there's something deeper here. And that is that really it's alluding to all of us in a sense, our, our Avodah Hashem, we say when we open up the, the Aron Kodesh, before we take out the Torah, what do we say? Ana avda dekudsha brichu, that I am a servant of Hashem in heaven. Meaning, even though on the one hand, you know, we, we relate to Hashem in a number of ways. We're Hashem's children. We're also, in Shir Hashirim, we're called like Hashem's spouse, Hashem's kala. But we're also avde Hashem. The Torah says, to serve Hashem, and that is when a person has that, the necessary um, humility to recognize that Hashem is my master and I'll do what He says. And there's a special relationship of us and Hashem, like the, the, the relationship of a servant to a master. And therefore, as we begin to learn the halachas of Torah, we, re, we, we talk about the concept of a Jewish servant, which on a deeper level is each and every one of us that we accept to be, like we say when we take out the Torah, to serve Hashem with devotion and dedication. And just like the Parsha says, Did we get a, we get a year off after six years? Ah, so the Parsha says, and six years, you serve in seventh years free. Okay. What is that? What's the six and seven? It says Chazal say no. There's the six millennia, oh. and then the seventh millennia is is, is is the days of Mashiach, where there our relationship to Hashem is a whole beautiful and different level, where the service won't be a difficult one because it won't be a service of struggle. It will be a service of re a revelation of Hashem and a much greater level of appreciation. And that's the deeper idea behind the Sheish Shanam and Hashanah Ashvius is the years of exile and the years of servitude where there's this tremendous struggle between the holy and the unholy and we go through that every day of our lives but knowing that ultimately Mashiach will come and there will be the revelation of Hashem as the Pasuk says Hashem's glory will be revealed we'll all see that and then it will be a free type of service it won't be a service of struggle just a service of appreciation and seeing the glory of Hashem in the, in the entire world may it be speedily in our time uh, not, 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 not,